0: name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. May the grace and peace of God, our Creator, the love of the Lord Jesus, our Redeemer, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. We open our minds and our hearts as we enter into this challenging Sunday of Easter of how we will become the bearers of Christ to others. Let us open our hearts to receive Christ's grace. May your people exalt forever, O God, in renewed youthfulness of spirit, so that rejoicing now in the glory of our baptism, we may look forward in confident hope to rejoicing on the day of resurrection. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The two disciples recounted what had taken place on the way and how Jesus was made known to them in the breaking of bread. While they were still speaking about this, Jesus stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. But they were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do questions arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you can see I have. And as he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While they were still incredulous for joy and were amazed, he asked them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of baked fish. He took it and ate it in front of them. He said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: hallelujah alleluia. alleluia.
0: I have a friend who loves movies, old movies, current films. It is one of the few things he can still get excited about in a COVID year. He texts me, you've got to see this. He says, he's got everything. Suspense, epic, struggles, good against evil. I text him back. Is this a movie you're describing or a family reunion? We live in a hyperactive society in a hyperactive age, whether it's the final four in basketball or the rock hall inductions or the NFL draft in Cleveland, whether it's economic uncertainty or political intrigue, we become accustomed to a certain amount of hyperbole and inflated expectations, as if life was being choreographed by industrial light and magic. So what do you do with a real event like Easter? The Easter season of which this is the third Sunday offers a seven week reflection on the meaning of Christian faith. Easter isn't simply a proclamation that Jesus is risen like some repeating news headline 21 centuries later. Jesus Still Risen, details at 11. Easter is not a theological version of the movie Groundhog Day, where we keep reliving the same events over and over again. That would be a lot of things, but it would not be faith. Easter has been called a movement of faith from God the Father through Jesus to us like Tinker to Evers to Chance. And so that we don't miss the point, today's readings are set up to remind us where we are moving and how we are moving and why. Our readings form a powerful reminder of the reality of the resurrection, that the Jesus who died is in fact the Christ who rose again. Our faith is not founded on the dreams of human minds or the wishful thinking of some deluded followers. It isn't hype, but the central fact of human history that God's love faced and fought and conquered death and rose again. That's why in the Easter Gospels, Jesus keeps showing up. He didn't just rise, he was with the apostles pretty much all the time. I am not a ghost, he says in today's gospel. I'm real. Go tell the world, you are my witnesses. And that may be the most important line of all. We are the witnesses, not only of the resurrection, but of a whole new way of life. A grandfather was regaling his grandson with stories of what his own son, the boy's father, had done as a child. How one day he set up a lemonade stand in front of the house, like a young Bill Gates creating Microsoft in his garage, only without the genius or the garage. If he had done his market research, he would have realized that people did not have a hankering for roadside lemonade, and probably never had. By the end of the day, in fact, he had sold only two glasses, both of them to his grandfather. Sometimes I think we treat faith like that. We presume that our good intentions should be enough, that success should automatically be ours. But that isn't so. Sometimes painfully not so. In our gospel, that first meeting of the risen Lord with the apostles concludes with these words, that penance for the remission of sins should be preached to all the world. Now, it's not as if the world couldn't use a little repenting. But didn't we just finish Lent? This is Easter. This is a happy ending. This is where everybody's supposed to live happily ever after. Bringing up sin at Easter is like getting audited the day your tax refund check arrives. It kind of takes the joy away. But for Jesus, there is an essential connection between forgiveness and new life, between death and resurrection. For him, where there is no repentance, there can be no Easter joy. A Lakota Sioux elder once said, the first question we will ask after we die is why was I so afraid? After Jesus' death, the apostles were filled with fear. They hid in the upper room. They were afraid of what the authorities might do to them that they had done to Christ. They were afraid of what would come next. And it was then, at that moment, that Jesus came. And what he shared with them was, there is no need to fear. You shouldn't fear death and you shouldn't fear life. And then, as if to prove it, he sent them out in his name. After the upper room came the great commission of the church to bring the good news to the world, to lead people to become disciples by coming to know the Lord. It is a mission that still goes on today. It is the mission that defines our lives. Our highest calling is to proclaim the risen Lord by living a risen life, which we would expect a priest to say in church. But what does that really mean? Most of the times that Jesus appeared to his followers after the resurrection was in the context of a meal. Today's readings are a good example. They recognize Jesus in the breaking of bread, which in its own unsubtle way was meant to point us to the Eucharist. That was not by accident. Jesus was telling us something. The Eucharist is not only the memorial of Christ breaking bread with his apostles, it is his way of inviting us to share in his mission, in the same way that we share that faith. And like faith itself, the Eucharist is a movement from God the Father through Christ to us. For the first part of the Mass, we do most of the work. We pray, we sing, we read. We preach, we listen, but then we step aside and let God do what only God can do. We reverently watch while God reaches deep into the past and lays the crucified body of his son on our altar. And after we repeat his words, this is my body, this is my blood, the risen Lord himself joins us in our prayer. He gives himself to us so we can become Christ for others. A writer once compared faith to riding a tandem bicycle, one of those old-fashioned bikes with two seats and two sets of pedals, with us in the front and Jesus pedaling behind. When you first start out, you can't see him, but you know he's there. You can feel his presence when the road gets steep, or when you start to get tired, you feel him there helping you along. Then Easter comes, and Jesus said, let's trade seats. And what had been an easy trip is now totally transformed. When we were in control, the ride was predictable. We were in charge. We got to choose where we were going, how fast or slow we moved. But when Jesus takes over, everything has changed. Because his goal is not a scenic ride. His goal is to get us somewhere. When he's in control, it can seem wild at times. We can barely hold on. This is madness, we think, but the Lord just smiles and says, keep on pedaling. So we learn to keep on going. And we trust in the one who leads. This is Easter faith, and it is at the heart of discipleship. We don't simply celebrate that Christ has risen, we celebrate that Christ is still in charge. He may lead us where we never thought we'd go, in ways we never imagined, to places we never dreamed of, to a life of meaning and purpose and fulfillment we never thought we could achieve to the place where Easter faith begins. A minister once asked, what great thing would you attempt if you knew you could not fail? Easter poses a related question. What should I be doing where God wants me to succeed? Inspire the hearts of your people, Lord, conform us to your will, that every word, every action may lead others to Christ. Hear us and strengthen us through Christ our Lord. Let us pray. Look with kindness upon your people, Lord, and grant that those who are pleased to renew this paschal table may attain the incorruptible glory of the resurrection. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us go in peace to glorify the Lord with our lives.